Yes, Christo. When we hear about grace, amazing grace, we look at our own lives where you took us from. A lot of us by now we should have been dead dead in sin dead in trespasses but God because of your grace Lord you found us and brought us into this message to make us to be better people not just better people but you turned around our lives and gave us a better future and we can live with hope and with faith there is something that you have for us Lord tonight want you to be with us the honored guest. Speak to me and speak to my brothers and sisters. And we bind the power of the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So glad to be with you. And uh, the, the pastor just said, are you here on Sunday? Unfortunately, it will be going back very early in the morning. Actually, I will get off the hotel before 12 midnight on Saturday. And flying off around past but he still found a way to say, but what about Friday? <laughs> so I had no option but to adjust everything so that I could be with you. Amen. So glad to be with you. I enjoyed the preaching on Sunday. And I'm enjoying the singing that you sing here. And the atmosphere that we have in Washington. May, may you continue like this. May it be a place where somebody should say, I want to come back there. God bless you. As we open our Bibles the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 20. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Amen. Amina. This sounds like a simple uh, verse. And I'm sure you've heard about it time and time again. Unless your righteousness shall exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. You shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. Can you imagine if you are a Pharisee? And a Sadducee. And Jesus is saying that. What is pronouncing here is actually judgment. <laughs> That the Pharisees and the Sadducees will not enter into the kingdom of God. Sometimes we try to be very flexible. Perhaps God will find a way for the other people and uh, in one way or another. And sometimes we want to talk about uh, the angel that made uh, uh, Abraham and the angels that went to Lord and, and therefore we still try to create a space for other people so we say maybe if we are Abraham and maybe the other ones would be like Lord and God will find a way for them in one way or another yes that is true and we know there are people who will go through the tribulation 
But this verse that we have read is actually dangerous. Those who are moving in the order of the Pharisees and the scribes, they should forget about entering into the kingdom. Amen. Now what is telling us is that our righteousness should exceed that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's an encouragement that our, our righteousness should get to greater heights. We should not be satisfied where we are. Oh, I've forgotten the title. Our title is exceed. Amen. Amina. Exceed. We must exceed. Because if we don't exceed, then we should forget about heaven. So I have uh, three uh, sub-themes there which I'm going to focus on. I'm going to focus on sincerity, humility, and love. No kuagala. Amen. Amina. Sincerity. Obwe simbu. Humility. Obwe towaze. And love. No kuagala. But the main focus. Na yeche ngendo kusingo kuteka kesira. Exceed. Kwe kusukuluma. Amen. Amina. There are a lot of us. Abanji kufe. Who are good Christians. Anga tuliba kulisayo balunji. If somebody wants, wanted to ask, is that person a good Christian? The people would say yes. And a lot of us measure our Christianity because we don't drink beer. That is good. A Christian is not supposed to be a drinker. Whatever the case, you are not supposed to be found in the bars drinking beer there. And if you go there and drink beer there, you should know that there are other churches which don't drink beer. Amen. So, your righteousness is actually below them. Is that true? Amen. Amina. <laughs> Very true. So many churches around. They don't believe in beer drinking. And if you measure your righteousness, because you don't drink beer, then you, you are almost like those other people. Actually, if you are a drunkard, actually, let me emphasize this. I know our young boys sometimes get tempted. My brother, my sister, if you are a drunkard, you are worse than the scribes and the Pharisees. Amen. Amen. And that means those are have a better chance of entering the kingdom of heaven than you. Amen. Some of us measure our righteousness. Because because we don't womanize. That's very true. A Christian is not supposed to womanize. One man, one woman. We do not believe in womanizing. We also do not believe in polygamy. Let that straight and, and clearly. Let us test that clearly. We do not believe in concubines. We do not believe in having girlfriends that you misbehave with before you become married. That is true. Amen. And a Christian who should be called a Christian get away from fornication get away from adultery. whatever the case no matter the circumstances 
Amen. But I want to say that is not enough. We need to exceed because there are also churches where when they hear that you have committed adultery, they will chase you out. But Jesus is saying, exceed. Amen. We can measure our righteousness by saying we don't practice witchcraft. Very true. But there are also a lot of churches who don't believe anything about being witches So I want to say that is not enough. Amen. Amina. We want to fight against the spirit of stagnation. A lot of Christians are not growing because they just picked a few things and said, as long as I don't do, I don't do those few things, then I'm going to heaven. So we want to deal with that. There are people who just to look at uh, uh, the, the doctrine of hair. And they think if they keep that, then it's enough they are going. I want to tell you, that is not enough. Amen. Let's go further. And a lot of people ask themselves, if I will be righteous, does it matter? Does it matter? What's the benefit of being righteous? After all this grace, after all this mercy, I'm sorry, I'm also a preacher. <laughs> Amen. Amina. So I, I can turn from preaching to Ka, teaching. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let, let me be a preacher today. <laughs> all, all right. Amina. Okay, okay. So people say, is it worth it being uh, righteous? Does God appreciate our righteousness? So they think like it's, it's okay. We can live like anybody. Let's read in John. Chapter 1. Verse uh, verse 47. John chapter 1 verse 47. Alright. It says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and yes. said unto him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Yesu nalaba na seneri nga jajali na mogera kontiraba omufarisayo wawo atali mubukusa I want to ask a question Kakati njagalo kubuze chibuzo Does God appreciate our righteousness Katonda as a asamwe chitibwo tukivuba fe The answer is yes Eh chokuda muchiri ntiye He did it to Nathaniel Yachikoleri Nathaniel He appreciated him Yamusima Isn't that something great Eyo sichindu cha chitalo Amen. Amina. God appreciating a human being. Alright, some will say that's not enough. Let's read another verse. Which I know you already know by now. You're already thinking about that one. Yes, that one. I mean that one. Yes, Job. Chapter 1. John. Job. Job. One. Verse, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man. One that feareth God. And eschewed evil. 
I want to look at this verse. There's a lot in this verse. First of all, it is God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is speaking to Satan. Our adversary, the one who is bad, the one who anoints us to do bad things. The one that knows when we do bad things. I want to tell you something. You can cheat your friends. You can cheat the other people. But not Satan. He is with you most of the time. When you do something wrong. He is there encouraging you. And he keeps record of that. Because he is an accuser of brethren. I want you to understand this verse. Now God is talking to Satan. Has thou considered myself and Job? Now he's bringing Job into the spotlight. Asking him to think about Job. To accuse in any way that he wants to accuse. Or giving him a free chance to express himself. Now let's hear the report of Job. That there is none like him in the earth. Come on. None like him in the earth. That should be the aspiration of the believer. Every believer should want this kind of report. Where God should be very proud about you. Like any good parent. When children do something good. He is very proud. Now if the earthly parents can be as proud as that. What about our heavenly father? As a child, when you do well, your parents can even buy you a gift or something. But what about God himself? The king of kings, the lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth. When when you you make him proud, there is no limit to what he can do to you. That I can assure you. There is so much that God can do to you. People will be surprised about you. They will see that you are no longer the same. Just because you are making your father proud. Let us try as much as possible. To make our father proud. There are so many blessings. There are so many blessings that God is ready to give to us in appreciation of how proud we make him to be. He's still the same God. He's still proud of every believer who lives right. And I want you to see this. There is none like him in the earth. That's something, brothers and sisters. He compared all the people and mentioned him as as someone who was righteous. A perfect and an upright man who is saying that God himself challenging my the devil challenging the devil this one person is a perfect man he is an upright man he fears God and eschews evil 
And I want to tell you, Satan had nothing to say. He had nothing to point. Totally nothing that Job did. And by the grace of glory, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has forgiven us of our trespasses, I want to tell you, you have another chance to be like Job. Amen. Amen. And God is going to respect that. I just like that. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. So we have realized that it is worth it to be righteous. Apart from going to heaven, our God himself appreciates our righteousness. So young man, young woman, whatever you are going through, people may be saying bad things about you. Like you are a backslidden, like a, 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 an old person. Like you are not enjoying yourself. But one thing should satisfy you. God is happy with you. And that's what matters. We don't care what the people say. The compliment of God is enough for us. John chapter, uh, Luke chapter 7 verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold a woman in the city which was a sinner which knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment. 39. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, 39. Verse 39. This man if he were a prophet, would have known what manner of a woman this is that touches him. For he, she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, I want to tell you, our, our God even knows what we think. He can even respond to what we think. Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. 44. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, you know some of the ways that you say are exactly like our language in Malawi. <laughs> when you say Kazio, it's like the same in Malawi. <laughs> and I'm sure the Malawians who are watching this, <laughs> they can relate to that language. <laughs> Alright, I entered into thine house. <laughs> Thou gavest me no water for <laughs> my feet. But she said, she has washed my feet with, her, with tears. And white with them with the hairs of her head. Now in the message Unwelcomed Christ The one preached on 11th September 1955 The prophet says something wrong to begin with The picture don't look right you can just tell there is a little something wrong here. What would this Pharisee want with Jesus? He had nothing for him. He hated him. The Pharisees didn't like Jesus. Why would he be asking him to his dinner for a guest? When he hated him, usually men ask one another to dinner when they love one another. But this Pharisee inviting Jesus don't 
that don't look right, does it? And just something wrong with the story here somewhere. Paragraph 102. The prophet says, But this fellowship, the Pharisee that invited Jesus, the first thing, I want you to know what a Pharisee means. A Pharisee means an actor. Find the Greek word for Pharisee. It means somebody that's acting. I don't like that. Actors pretending to be something that you are not. Acting like something that you're not. On paragraph 107 he says, Be yourself. Act natural. People who think more of you. Don't try to act like somebody else. You are not. Just be yourself. But all that put on. Pharisee. Acting like somebody when you are not. I don't like that. You never know how to take a fellow like that. You don't know where you are standing with him. You don't know where he is standing himself. Because he is something one in his heart. Because he is something one in his heart and something else in his mouth. So he is an actor. I just don't like it. He seems to be too much of something that's not right. Putting on. Amen. Why am I laboring myself with this quotation? I said we are talking about sincerity. That's one who, the one thing that we like a lot. As Christians we have heard the message and we have heard how we are supposed to behave. So when we meet a fellow believer, we act like Christians. But when we are with the unbelievers, we behave differently. I want to tell you something. That is acting. Come on, are we together? That is acting. Be the same all the time. When you go to a wedding of a believer, and when you go to a wedding of an unbeliever, your dressing should be the same. Your behavior should be the same. Amen. You should be one thing every time. Don't change behaviors. Just because you have met a believer, you behave in one thing. And you have met somebody else. Or you are at school. Or you are at work. And there is no believer around. Then you change colors. And you behave like a chameleon. To meet the things to to be like the things that are around you. We don't want chameleon believers. Amen. There's no more room for chameleon believers. We want true believers. Believers that are sincere. Believers that are believers everywhere. They are. And God is going to appreciate you for that. Amen. Because when God meets the devil, to begin with, he can even not talk about you. <laughs> no, no, no. He already knows that you are a hypocrite. Amen. Amina. So we don't even know what Satan says to Christ. He 
is an accuser. Alright, so we need to be sincere. That's one level of sincerity where you behave differently like a chameleon. That's lack of sincerity. So our behavior can actually demonstrate our sincerity. But sometimes it's not even our behavior that shows our insincerity. Sometimes it's in our mind. Behavior can be excellent everywhere. But the stories that are being talked in the heart are bad stories. You meet a brother. You say, God bless you. You know what I have done there? You have said, I want God, the King of Heaven, to bless you. You get that? Now, if that brother starts getting blessed, and you start saying, oh, he's looking to be very proud. You don't even say to anybody, but in your heart, you're not feeling very good. But I want to tell you, when you go out there, you say God bless you that should be with sincerity you should be saying I'll be very happy if God blesses you if he gives you a lot of money I'm going to be happy if he gives you a good house I'm going to be happy your success is my success I'm so glad to be called your brother I will not go around and backbite you. I want God to be with you. I'm wishing you all the best. That's what we say. And that's what we should mean. But what the prophet is saying here, sometimes we have something in our heart and something else in our mouth. And that was the problem of the Pharisees. Inviting Jesus when they hated him. That's pretty bad. Inviting him. He enters into the house. No one takes care of him. He sits down. The king of kings and the lord of lords. And the prostitute sees that. She comes in. And gives a service to Christ. And Christ accepts that service. And the Pharisees say, if this man was a prophet, he would have known that this woman is a sinner. That is in his heart. He never said it to anybody. But our God knows what is in the heart. He said, Simon, I have something to speak to you. This woman, when he saw me, he washed my feet with her tears, wiped them with her, her hair. But you did not do that. You see what is happening here? Actually, when you're a hypocrite, you become so arrogant. Because what Jesus said here is, was that he was more than a prophet. He even knew what was in his heart. This was supposed to be enough to make Simon to repent. But he never wanted to repent. And I say unto you, if your righteousness does not exceed that of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you see what my brothers and my sisters, let us go forward with our Christianity. Let us go further. Let us succeed. There's a lot that God is expecting us to do. 
If there is something wrong with anybody, go and tell him. Rather than just going around and talking about that person, you should be strong enough to go and tell him that person will appreciate you. Amen. Let's move on. Let's go to humility. Amen. In the message, humble thyself. Alright, amen. I like it. I know these things are hard. <laughs> these are not simple things. But sometimes they must be spoken. So that we need to move. We shouldn't be stagnant. Now the prophet in the message humble thyself on paragraph 74 he is talking about an illustration of a watch especially those which have uh, the the arms which move around what we see moving in that watch hides so many things that are behind that are hidden inside there are so many things happening inside but what we see are maybe only three things that are moving so he says if we want the third bull to do something for God if we want the third bull to do something for God, should, then we must coordinate one with another. Behind that watch, there's a spring that is moving. There are so many things that are going around. Some round things are moving the hour thing. Some round things are moving the, the minute thing. Some round things are moving the, the, the second thing there. So much is happening in the background. But people are seeing very few things. But he says, we need to, to, to coordinate one with another. And that takes humility. Are we together? Amen. Amina. Sometimes you, you are raw in the church may not be very visible. And sometimes you have a feeling that maybe uh, what you're doing is not enough or something. It is the song leader that is more visible. It is the preacher that is visible. But I want to tell you whatever you do in the kingdom of God has a role. No matter how invisible it is, even it is just getting on your knees you are the powerhouse of the church when you see testimonies coming here I want you to hear me now it's because of your prayers in hiding so there's no little thing that you do everything that you do is important even the preachers themselves they have to realize that their ministries are where they are because someone else somewhere is on his his or her knees. We need to humble ourselves. The more we humble ourselves, the more we appreciate one another. The more we compliment one another. And the more the things that are going to happen. God can only operate 
as we let him operate. So the major thing, all of us have to reach a point where we can say, I must decrease. God must increase. When we reach there, God is going to do so many things among us. Even a preacher, he has to reach a point where he says, I must decrease. God must increase. That's the only way God can use you mightily. On paragraph 77 he says, you know people want power and really don't know what power is. They don't know what God goes with it. The way up is down always. If you want power, see how humble you can get. Amen. 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 If you humble yourself before Bo, God, you have more power than other people who may be making a lot of noise. And hear this, hear this. Because you have been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ. Amen. Amen. The greatest power that you are going to have is your ability to conquer yourself. If there is somebody who is blocking your success, if there is somebody who is blocking your ministry, is you. You need to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ so that God can use you. Amen. This is something important and encourage everybody to do that. There are things that you know you do wrong. Ask God. God, here I'm wrong. Here I'm also wrong. Here I'm also wrong. I want to do better. Maybe the way I talk, I talk to people may not be right. I want to talk to, to them with more humility. Because the more humble you are, the more people listen to you. Amen. 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 The way up is down. Even at your office. The more you humble yourself, the more God will fight for you. Amen. I've ever chaired so many big meetings. When I have nothing to how I can solve the problem. But the more I give, I show that I'm humble to all the people around. The more free they become and they contribute ideas and solve problems. It will help you in so many ways. Humility will help you in so many ways. Even in your business, when you are humble, your business will go further. Amen. On brother above all, it is our individual souls. It is our individual souls. That we are responsible before God. Is you going to heaven? It isn't whether I go or he goes. It's you going and you first. So our biggest battle is to conquer ourselves. Because my problem is me. Amen. And uh, on paragraph uh, 82, he says, I found always that a man that humbles himself is the man that God exalts. When you take somebody with his chest out, knows everything, you can't tell him nothing. He's arrogant. 
That's a person that never gets anywhere. But that person that humbles himself and walks sweetly is the one that will get somewhere. Amen. That is important. I like that. Let's go forward and talk about charity, love. Paragraph 91. Paul said, Though I have faith that I move the mountain and have no charity, I am nothing. Paragraph 93. Though I understand the mysteries of God and still I could do it and have no charity, I, have, I haven't got nowhere yet. The main thing is love. Love God and humble yourself with it. Paragraph uh, 94. My time is running out so I want to finish and, and, and close. Now surely he says, uh, okay, and if you want to get any, somewhere with God, never let an arrogant spirit come around you. Don't let no malice come in. No matter what anybody does, if they are wrong, don't never you build up a complex against that person. You be sweet and kind. God loved you when you were in sin. If the spirit of God is in you, you love the other person when he is wrong. Just pray for them and love one another. Amen. You should not open a radio station and start broadcasting. Oh, this one did this. That one did that. Unfortunately, we even go further to tell that to unbelievers. We even go further and tell that to unbelievers. But look at yourself. Where did God take you? You were in sin. You did things that were totally wrong. But God picked you out from those situations and made you a better Christian. So don't ever build a complex against anybody. Whatever they have done, if there is anything that you can do, get on your knees and pray for them. If you gather enough courage, go and tell them face to face that they are wrong. Don't keep it in yourself and say that one is a sinner, that one is a sinner, that one is a sinner, that one is a sinner. And you put a scale and measure the spirituality of people. Amen. All right. I like that. And he says, above everything, love God and love one another. And be humble with God and love one another. And God will bless us. And it's hard telling what he will do. If we humble ourselves and love one another, the potential is unlimited. It means the watch has no problem. It is going to be moving and telling time. I like that. Oh, I like that. On paragraph 100, the prophet says, and we are keeping time. We are a watch that is keeping time. That the people come by and say, if you want to see a church that's really humble, a church that really loves God, drop in there at that table 
and watch them. Look at the care they have one another. The respect when the gospel is being preached. How reverent they are. And they can look and live the, uh, and see the time we are living in. You will see the spirit of God moving among you. Great signs and wonders. And things will be taking place. If this thing is working together. It's telling time. But if it isn't working. It's telling time. But if it isn't tell, working, then it has stopped. So love one another and love God. On paragraph 102, maybe let's go to 103. It says, look at Jesus. That's our aspiration. We sing. We want to be like Jesus. Isn't that your desire? That's also my desire. All through life's journey, I want to be like Jesus. And the prophet says, look at Jesus. Nothing but one bundle of love. He was God manifested. God expressed himself through him. No wonder miracles and things happen. His humble life and consecrated life to come from being God to being a man here on earth to express God through himself. That's what made him what he was. I've always said what made Jesus Jesus called to me was the way he humbled himself. He was so great and yet could be so small. That's my desire today. That's your desire today to be perfect, perfect to have exceeding righteousness to be better than the scribes and the Pharisees. To be someone that God can be proud of. Like Job was. It's my desire. It's the desire of the pastor. It's the desire of the deacons. It's the desire of everybody here. That our righteousness must exceed not only the Pharisees and the scribes, but it must exceed our own righteousness. We should be better today than we were yesterday. And tomorrow we should also be much better. We should be getting better and better as the coming of the Lord is appearing so that when He comes to pick us, we should be ready to go. The Bible says the bride has made herself ready. That's the desire of the Christian that we can be ready for the coming of the Lord. May God bless you. Let 